Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Let's go. Zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap. Protect your peace, protect your energy. Welcome back to another ZTP Zen Trap Perspective. I'm one of your two hosts, Yogi OG. Zen P. The mission here at the Zen Trap Podcast is to inspire and empower people to continuously seek internal peace to maximize their personal potential. We got a special episode for you today, as we do every time. P, let them know what we on today. All right. Today, we are doing a book review. The topic of the month is communication. So this book that we chose is Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. It's a peace sign on the cover. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, you'll see it. Um, we listened to the audiobook. I don't know if you did as yeah, well. Same. Uh, it's a quick listen to me. I think it's about five hours. Um, I listen on a high speed, so it'd be like two for me. But okay. um, great book. So why don't you start us off and tell us how would you describe this book to somebody who's never read it? This book was like a self-help slash communication book. It was so many things in this book that are parallel to other like self-help. How do you become your best self? All that kind of thing. And then he just like finagled communication in there and just kind of talking about how that relates to you being your happiest self and all this, your values and all these things. So it was just, it was like a combo, a mashup of communication and how to be your best self. I thought that's what it was. A great description. I, again, just like you, think it aligns so much with what we're talking about. It goes uh, into multiple categories, like mm-hmm. you said. I like the flow of it, especially coming off of Atlas of the Heart, coming straight into this book for the month of communication. And then again, keep hyping up for next month awareness. I think this yeah. book is a great filler. This is definitely some awareness type stuff. This book is so definitely what's on that. something new that you learned. Ooh, I got some. I got some good stuff. Are oh, you about to go in the bars? No, no, no. I got something new. Okay, uh, cool. I I had never heard this term, and I think this just like clicked for me. And it, it when I say new, is something that like almost I can implement. It was like, don't try to be perfect. Try to be less stupid. Hmm. So I was like. That's a bar. But it was just talking about how, like, because if you strive for perfection, when you mess up, it's over. It's like you ruined it. But if you less stupid, it's kind of like Kaizen, a continuous improvement. Like, I got a little less stupid every day. Like, it's a different way to say 1% better. Exa- it's a different way to say the same thing, but I had never heard you it. You like that word like stupid in there? That might be a little trauma. <laughs> no, nah, it's perfection. It's the perfection part. Like, because I. No, I'm talking about the less stupid part. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> maybe, maybe I want to be less stupid for sure. Uh, but I think ultimately, like what drew me to the to the concept was just like I often, I think subconsciously try to be perfect, and it's not about being perfect. It's it's not about that. So even when it comes to communication, like you don't have to say it perfectly. Just don't say it as dumb as you did the last time. Like <laughs> just trying to improve. Yeah, exactly. So that that's one for me. What was one thing you learned? Like. What, Something new for you. Ooh, something new for me. I didn't really like the description, but having a Santa Claus expression when you're oh, expressing yeah. something, I get it. I don't really, I mean, it's, like, it's the Santa Claus yeah. thing that I, I, I guess I don't like, but almost, I guess a better way is offering your 
feelings and your needs as a gift Mm -hmm. so that way when you're presenting it it's not coming from a place of all those other feelings in terms that we learn from atlas of the heart it's not coming from a place of resentment or envy and even if it is you're working on the way you deliver it so how you deliver it and he calls it a santa claus expression because it's like you're giving gifts um again i don't know why i guess i just don't like santa claus like that but (laughs) having a having an attitude of gratitude and expressing it in a way that the person can receive it always like to think in sports terms we used to have a a quarterback in like middle school he could throw very well very accurately very very quickly very hard but he threw the football so hard that people almost couldn't catch it (laughs) so what 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 is the almost purpose of you being able to throw this perfect ball that no one can catch? And not not saying that nobody could catch it, but majority of the team couldn't yeah. catch it. So you aren't really accomplishing your goal of moving the football down the exactly. field. So just a different way to think of the same thing. That's yeah, one thing absolutely. I learned. Um, but we can go right. Into yeah, the let's get into it. What's, what's what's some of your favorite bars sections? Talk to me. Favorite bar. Uh, so the whole. I guess concept of the book to me is trying to start speaking to what's alive in you is what he repeated mm-hmm. throughout the entire book. So you're trying to speak from a place of what needs aren't being met. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have a, a section of the book. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have a favorite section, but I guess I'm just trying to get into a favorite bar. So favorite bar, like Yogi LG said, it goes across multiple areas. You need to be conscious what's alive in you to understand how you receive things so you don't project. Mm. that is going into what we're talking about next month, which is awareness. You need to be aware of the feelings that are inside of you so that you can label them so that you're not projecting. Now, the oh, I'm about to just go into explaining go. the book instead of... Fam- okay, now the, the main topic of the book, which I learned probably in about 2016, I am not responsible for another person's happiness. I am not responsible for your happiness. You aren't responsible for my happiness. You can attribute to it. You may do things that make me happy, but you are not responsible on a day-to-day basis for making me happy. I am responsible for that. What I am responsible for and what other people are responsible for is how I react to the things you say and do. I'm responsible for how I deliver what I need in my life, mm-hmm. my needs. And you can... um root cause a lot of those needs into almost a a small group of words like i need safety i need reassurance i need connection right now i need affection i need intimacy i need security right now so it's it's almost not a lot of words that you can uh drill it down to but the whole concept of this book is looking for the underlying feeling that people need in Mm -hmm. in what they're communicating what they actually desire what yeah makes them feel alive so that was one of my one of my favorite bars yeah. but i do have a favorite section but i want to hear your favorite bar all right cool um my favorite bar and this is something that i thought you would catch and say because it we might be on about, the list yeah i'm it probably it's on the list um don't put your butt in an angry person's face oh i ain't catch that one what he's talking about is the word but so you know how we often say like but mm. kind of like nullifies everything you kind of saying before but however so he was basically saying like now when he thinks about communicating and that word you want to say but but you realize like you think about don't put your butt in an angry person's face like don't don't get him your ass to kiss by nullifying everything they just said and on the instagram uh communication coach he teaches instead of using the word but say yes and yes 
Yes, and. So he was saying some of the same thing. And it's, so it was just, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, that's a bar. So just that's add to what they're saying. That, yeah. What they're saying, maybe it's correct, maybe not. Yes, and to add to whatever you're saying, now you can steer it to the com- steer the conversation to where you want it to go. Yeah. Um, you got another favorite bar? Yeah, I got a couple. Go ahead. Um, Get them off. <laughs> um, so he was talking about one, like, uh, about... And this is probably like enmeshment is what we talked about previously before, but becoming like an emotional slave, uh, taking responsibilities for other people's people feelings. pleasing, people pleasing, all of that. So that was when he called it emotional slavery. I was like, oof, now that's whew, that's a concept. You put it in terms where it's it's not some nice package word. It's literally what it is you're emotionally being a slave for somebody else trying not to let these things happen and then working for them more so than you're for yourself so yeah i I don't know if somebody taught me this or if i just learned it through tv or on my own but but and (laughs) in college i used to feel that way where nobody should have emotional control over you like that. Uh, And I know in theory, it's nice to say that, especially when you have loved ones, but you don't want strangers, any and everybody being able to rile you up. And that's where the awareness comes in of knowing your triggers so that no one can just have emotional power over you. They can come and say this one word to you and you just go blank and see red. And now you have to be responsible for whatever actions you perceive and how you reacted to what this person says. And now this person literally has, now they know, like, oh, if I do this. That's going to get them every time. I can get them every time. Every time. And I like, again, I like going into sports techniques. People going to use that against you. Oh, you don't like when people talk about, oh, bad, (laughs) bad, bad, I'm going to get in your head. So another one was talking about empathy, uh, which I just thought like, dang, it's so much, I'm noticing that empathy is such a big part of communication. Empathy and compassion. So uh, that's just, I'm not going to say it's news to me, but it's cool to kind of see it out. News to me. Black out in books. But it was talking about how empathy and to determine whether you're requesting someone to do something versus demanding them to do something determines how you respond when they choose not to comply. And I was like, oh, that's a bar. Because basically, if I ask you to do something, you don't do what I want you to do and how I respond, that determines whether I'm making a request or a demand. And if I'm able to respect or empathize with where you are and why you don't want to do that or can't do that or whatever, whatever your reason is, I should be able to respect that uh, and not get upset. And You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was... He talked about requests, making requests versus demands and how those come off. So and that then that bleeds all over and how you're delivering it and from a Santa Claus attitude and yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Um, the only last one I had for a favorite bar, uh, but I do have others, but this is the only one I guess I would want to talk about is Coach Carter. And again, there is nothing enlightening about shrinking so other people feel comfortable around you. Yep. I probably struggle with that i like to think of myself as a very humble person a very stay out of the way just trying but that don't mean just because i'm that way other people have to be that way so if somebody does have a big personality or whatever it may be even if they're on the other other side of it and they are uh what's those words like cocky even that Mm -hmm. i ain't got nothing to do with me that shouldn't for me, that's not going to affect how I feel or how I'm going about my day. If you want to be pompous and cocky or whatever that is, be big, boisterous, do your thing, man. It don't make me feel less. If you If you ain't hurting nobody, right. I'm cool with that. Another, uh, I guess we can go into sections now. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go into sections. Two sections that I really loved. In the beginning, 
uh, I'm starting to lean towards this way and adapt it. I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I know this is very controversial, and meet me in the middle of duality of living in the gray. I don't believe a lot in like right and wrong to a certain extent. I'm a lot of times when we're communicating, we're communicating our moralistic judgments on people about what we perceive to be right and wrong for how they live their life based on what we know in our perspective and not just assuming or letting them live their life on theirs. The way he talks about changing that is, are your life needs being met? Mm-hmm. If you think about it from that point, you kind of can get back to those roots of of speaking to connection, safety, things like that, versus if I'm always speaking from a place of moralistic right and wrong, we can just be talking all day because now we're talking feelings and opinions and we're not talking facts. Right. So my my favorite section was really in the beginning when he starts talking about revealing what makes you feel alive and what makes you feel wonderful. How are you going to do that without awareness and consciousness? Exactly. Exactly. But even that conversation around that knowing and once you do have the awareness and consciousness knowing that and trying to basically like live in that space like live in that place so i thought that was really good as well hey man it's never too late to be aware <clears throat> for sure it's never for too sure. late for um sure. my favorite section absolute favorite is when he starts going into giving examples oh, giving i examples. need examples yeah. I love examples. So he gave some examples of even um, criticism leads to defensiveness. So you need to translate your judgment into needs. So uh, instead of saying, I'll give a real example instead of looking for one from here. Cause, but I do know I have one. Oh, it's just probably a little further down. But all right. So a real life example. Um, in a past relationship, I used to get really upset that my partner would be on their phone. But then when I get on my phone, when they done with their phone time, they come look at me and be like, get off your phone. Why are you on your phone? Huh? That would rile me up a little bit because I'd be like, you just been on your phone for like 15 minutes over there. I didn't say nothing to you. I let you be. When I'm on my phone, you now how I could have interpreted that from this point. Oh, you want to be connect. You want to be intimate right now. Yeah, you want to connect. connect. Yeah. Or asking questions like, okay, you want me to get off my phone? Do you want, you want to have conversation right now? You want to feel closer? Like, I can ask questions. And then I can respond with, hey, for me, if you want my attention, I can respond a lot better. Now, don't get me wrong. I, can, I will try and make sure that I uh, still can respond and receive it, even right. with the way you present it. But what, what would help me is, is if, you, like if you responded like this, like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? Or, hey, can we talk for a second? That will get me off my phone a lot quicker than just demanding me to get off my phone. Yeah. So changing up the verbiage. So little things like that can make or break relationships. Yeah. And he, even, and this goes into, he gave a really good stint of like examples. Yeah, I didn't really write those down, but that, that's what I wanted to get to. Feelings versus needs. Feelings versus needs. Like when, you, when you're asking, like he's basically saying like, okay, well, what do you need? Like he was talking about a group of kids that felt like their principal was being racist. Or, you know what I'm saying? So they were like, so many he racist. Well, that sounds like an assessment and you're telling your feelings. It's an observation. It's an observation. It's not necessarily uh, what you need, right? What so do you need from him? What do you need from him? What do you want from him? So even being able to communicate in that way was like, dang, I think about how often I just give a judgment or assessment or my feelings. I'm not really saying like, 
I need this. And there was another bar in there where he basically said, and I don't know, I don't have it down exactly, but basically every time you speak to someone, you're technically making a request. Every piece of, anytime you choose to open your mouth and talk to somebody, you want something in return, whether it's just to, for them to hear you and be heard, understand, understand, whatever. You're literally talking for a reason and it's making a request to that person. So recognize what do you really want in that request? What do you really need and what are you expecting from them? And that kind of helps them understand how they want, how they should respond. And next month we can talk more about uh, in the awareness piece of your need doesn't, I think I've always felt like for a long time that your need has to be built off this one thing. Like I need this. Um, because I'm trying to either help you or make you feel good, but not also adding that, oh, I may really want this for you, but that could only be like 80% of it. 10% could be this also benefits me in this way, and the other 5%, it just would make me feel good. Like being able to truly like break it down a little bit, knowing that it lives in other places. It's not just going to always be one thing. Like money can be a good or a bad thing, depending on what you're doing with it. Just all those different things, and that speaks into the nature of the trap being dualistic. Um, All right, so what is something you, you, I guess, would share with your loved ones from this book? Someone you care about, your friends, whoever. I would share learn how to communicate your need. And I think if you learn how to communicate your need, that can lead you into the awareness. Because to be able to communicate your need, you got to know what it is. So starting from just talking about learning how to communicate what you need, I I think would be a good example. And I think you can't just leave it at that because that's too broad for me. If somebody came to me and just said, learn how to communicate what you need, I may or may not pick that up or you even know what you speak about. I, I, those examples really help because, again, you talk about the school example. I think it was another example in there. He gives a lot of examples, which I, I like, scenarios. Sorry about that. Gives a lot of examples of scenarios. So I think it was almost like a teacher's meeting, too, where they yeah. said, oh, he yeah, always he talks, thinks, he talks too much. Yeah. Okay. What do you need him to do, dude? I want him to shut his big mouth. That's an assessment. Uh, that's, that's an a judgment. assessment. <laughs> what are you need? I'm telling you now. I'm flipping the script on niggas. <laughs> you have to tell me what you need. Yeah. That's a good one. I, what I about definitely, you? I, I pretty much had the same thing. Learn how to make a request of your needs. And basically, uh, what did it say about non-compliance? Which equating non-compliance as rejection request will sound or as a rejection, then your request will start to sound like demands. So just being able to kind of like, kind of what I hit on earlier, being able to cope with like somebody not doing exactly like what you asked, right? But if you're telling them what you need, and then based off how they respond, being able to respect that. So I think ultimately, like loved ones, my loved ones, or the people I'm around, some of them struggle with that. Like if you don't do what I said, that means you don't love me. All that has nothing to do with that. I think they gave like a husband and a wife example. And she was like, you know, I, I mentioned you going back to the store. You didn't do it. So obviously you don't love me. And he like, what? Like, I didn't even know you really wanted me to go. I didn't know it was that serious. Exactly. I didn't know it was that deep. Um, so just kind of being able to to see that. Um, I guess, do you see this book like for changing you? Did you find something in it that shift who you are? Something you'll use uh, here in the near future? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm definitely, like I said, flipping the script on people and putting it back on, not just, and again, it was like two other sections where he, he I, I love, and he did it in such a concise way. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. He's a very monotone man. It's a very 
uh, what would you call it? I guess I'm gonna just leave it at monotone to not say something that puts it down. Negative. Negative. Yeah. If you need to read the book, read it. If you want to listen, listen. But he does have a very monotone voice. Um, but I would say, uh, communicating your desires as demands and almost making them as threats and punishments. Mm -hmm. I think it's multiple ways of that where it's not just saying that if you do this, it's a physical type of punishment too. There is a such thing as emotional punishment as well. Mm -hmm. Giving people the silent treatment because they didn't do what you say. Uh, just having a nasty attitude around them because they didn't do what you say or you don't like what they said. So it's just multiple things around how you can punish your friends, family, or partner just because your feelings are hurt and you're not, you know, speaking on those. So I think that's, again, something my loved ones could learn. Uh, what about, did you find something in the book that I could grow from, that you feel like I could grow from? Uh, yeah. So I think that, and I struggle with this too. So I'll just put that out there. I'm going to leave with that. Good start. <laughs> I struggle with this too. Matter of fact, I just just said like when I read it, I was like, "Oh, that's a revelation." So he he made a bar in there, and it was basically like we equate silence or we project the worst fears through silence. So if you're talking to somebody and they choose not to respond, like I feel like there are times where we insert like, "Oh, this must be the worst." Like the worst thought, the things that I'm thinking in my mind that are the worst cases and scenario. Are probably the truth because they're not defending anything outside of that they're not saying anything to combat that they're just saying like they're saying nothing so we convert that silence into um, like reality almost so I thought that was just good just because sometimes I know like I'm quiet in communication and I like even and people do this often shut down right when you say the worst part I didn't understand that what do you mean by this might this is the worst no, so it basically project you project your worst fears through like the silence. Like you, if if you're talking to me about something serious, and you ask me a question and I choose not to respond, like I don't say anything. You then like are assuming like it's normal, I guess, for people to insert like the worst case scenario in there. Like I don't know what your answer is, but I'm gonna assume the worst because oh, you, okay. didn't, you didn't answer. Okay, yeah, I don't think I assume the worst. And I'm not saying you assume the worst. That's why I'm, I guess that's why I'm confused. I here. guess what I'm saying is sometimes silence can you can kind of input your own thoughts into yeah. that silence. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether that's the worst or just kind of bad or a little bad. Or yeah, you good. have nothing to go off of, you so you you gonna go make it up. Of. Yeah, you so gonna make you just up. make it up. Yeah, and sometimes like I think. I, and again, like I say, I do it too. We had to get away from like trying to insert something into there and just let it be what it is. It was nothing, right? And so like I don't, I can't predict what would fill that space. Hopefully, you know, you talk to people and they talk more and they can fill in those blanks for you. But I don't think the silence is where we should kind of insert what we think. So I thought that was good. What I'm, what what do you want me to grow from from that? I want I I would I guess I missed I that part. I would recommend that advice to you as well. Like. Not letting inserting what you think and in, into the silence. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about you? Something for me that I can grow from. Communication. I, I would say responding. Okay. <laughs> not in the moment, but in general. I think a lot of times when we talk, my I feel like my response isn't. 
I feel like my response is just looking for a response, not that I'm inserting something. I'm just looking mm -hmm. to, to, if I brought it up, then it was important to me. Mm -hmm. And for me to know that what I said was important to you as well, if you never respond to me or if you forget to come back to respond to me, it makes me feel like it wasn't important to you. Mm -hmm. And that's all that's, I have. That's inserting what you think from the silence is what I'm saying to me. Right? But that's any, that's what I'm saying. I'm inserting any thought like what, you saying don't insert no thought to the silence. No, I'm I'm saying I'm not saying don't or do whatever. I'm just saying to me, if somebody doesn't respond to you, uh, and you assume like, oh, they must not care, that's assuming the worst. I don't assume that you don't care about me. That's what I'm saying. It's not to the point of the root of you don't care about me. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that what I said was not important enough for you to bring it back up to me because you forgot to come back and talk to me about it. Forgetting to talk about it and just not responding is different. So I, I get what you're saying. So you're okay. saying what I should grow from is responding when someone brings something to you. All right. How do you put that in? In like what? What from the book did I could I grow from? It was there a section on responding. I guess I'm looking for like a specific something more specific. Okay. Um. If I respond with a desire or a need from you and you respond with silence or let me think about it, let me get back to mm -hmm. you and you never get back to me. Okay. I am left to do nothing but assume. Okay. So I'm just even looking for a response on whether you, and again, it's not saying that you need to meet that demand or desire or need. It's you responding with saying, hey, this is what I can do. Or I thought anything. Mm -hmm. that, that's it. Okay. That's it. It's just having a response. Okay. That, right, that to me shows that you care about what I was speaking about. Whether, whether it's a good response or a bad response, I'm not looking for that. I'm just looking for a response. All right. I was just kind of asking, did that come from the book or that's just in general around communication? I think that's just in general okay, around communication. Right, gotcha. Cool, 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 cool. Received. Understood. Uh, any last words? Um, last words for me. Uh, oh, when you are trying to share something with people and deliver it in a Santa Claus way or as a gift, uh, I think... I think this was in the book, but I've been listening to a lot of stuff. So again, it could come from another video or something. You have to meet people where they are. So I have, uh, I struggle with in the past offering immediately trying to go to a solution instead of trying to figure out what a person needs in a certain moment. Um, so from the book, I learned you have to meet people at the emotion that they're at. And that could have been from Atlas of the Heart and not from this mm -hmm. or from this. I'm, mm -hmm. Again, stuff is jumbling together. But being able to meet people at the emotion they're at before you're trying to get them to either a different emotion or the solution or figuring out what they need from you in that moment. So that's something I learned and I hope other people can learn. If you are a person like me that like is very almost logical, analytical, and you're trying to go straight to fixing solution, Taking a moment, take a breath, figure out, hey, what do you need from me in a situation or meeting that person with empathy and compassion to where they are at right now in that feeling before you try to immediately go to the next feeling. What about you? Uh, two things on the way out. Just uh, understanding, like, when we talked about 
uh, request versus demand. Some people are going to hear demands, even if you request it, just be based off their past trauma and what they've been through. They know people in authority, typically when they say this, they're trying to make a demand and you may be trying to make it a request. Like, Hey, I want to see if you guys would come over here and do this, this and this versus hey, come over here and do this. They heard come over here and do this just based off their past experience. So being able to recognize that in people, uh, will definitely help you communicate with them. And then the last one, just cause it's like my favorite word ever. Uh, we are most reluctant to show vulnerability when we want to be seen or tough. Uh, often those are the times where we want to keep control and authority. Uh, so I struggle with that. And I think that's something I can grow from. It's just recognizing like in those moments where I want to feel tough or I want to be seen as like I have control over the situation or I have some authority. Uh, oftentimes that is the, the moment where I struggle with vulnerability that those two things align a lot. So being able to release that uh, want or desire to be in control and feel like I have it under control and be vulnerable in those moments. Um, I think he used an example of like sometimes when you talk to people in this way where you're making your your needs and your requests uh, known and what makes you feel alive, they're kind of off put by that. But that's vulnerable for you. And so even though it may you feel like they may view you as weak or not as tough or you don't have control or whatever, that's not the case. So keep that in mind when you're communicating with others. Be real. Be who you are. Be authentic. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Don't let somebody's response shut down your vulnerability. Absolutely. All right. So, like I said, that was a quick uh, listen or read that you can get through. Super powerful book, full of content. I definitely may give it another listen just to jot down some of those examples. So, please give it a listen. Let us know what you think. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow our Instagram page. Again, albums out. So, go out and listen to that at zentrappers.com. Zentrappers, not rappers. I'm one of your two hosts, Zen P. Yogi LG. If you can't do nothing else, make sure you protect your peace. And protect your energy. This is the Zen Trap. We out. We out. Welcome to the trap.